Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give our two cents on everything PlayStation. I'm Stephen Morrow, and I'm joined by <laughs> the Alex Wolf. What's <laughs> up, yo? The Alex Wolf. Uh, if you're tuning in live, welcome. And if you're listening post-recording, then be sure to rate, review, and follow us wherever you're listening. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're a fan of the show, please consider helping to support us by heading on over to www.mtfproductions.com slash donate, where you can send as little as a dollar and you can put that towards giving, um, and we can put that towards giving you guys the best show that we can deliver. Hello, Alex. I'm out of alcohol, Steven. Oh, no. Yeah, I, so I drank the last of my bourbon last week. Uh, not, not on the show. I had some more after that. But um, like middle of the week, and I have not gone to buy more. And I'm sad. But that's okay. Because I guess I probably needed a break. So now I have coffee and a Sprite. It's not the same. Fuck no, it's not, Steven. It's not nothing. This is alcoholic. You're significantly deflated mm-hmm. because of this. Mm-hmm. Very real. I'm less animated. I am less motivated. I am less inebriated. It's all bad. Oh, wait. Is this a green screen cup? <laughs> no. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We got a Sprite can. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Join the fable fucking brick Sprite can. Why does that even happen? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but it's I'm so here random. for it. I wanted the I wanted the green mug for the coffee, but it was in the sink dirty. So I was like, I'm not going to do all that. But then the Sprite can, though. The Sprite can is here to stay. <laughs> I, 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 it just baffles me. I literally went into the settings, deactivated green screen, but the Sprite, the Sprite can looks actually pretty dope. I don't know. I wonder if I did it. Huh. Oh, yeah, look at that. I went to virtual background and oh, settings, and sure enough, the default is like the brick wall. Like, I've never actually messed with this. I'm like, I wonder if this is something like I played around with, but I don't remember actually actually touching this. So if I hit none, beep, is it gone? <laughs> yeah, it's like magic. It's actually kind of cool. But now check out my living room space, Steven. Look how cool my condo looks in the Hilton. Oh, wow. I know. That's fucking fancy. Uh, you we're keep gonna it in, in wall, your camp. Right, we're going to go brick wall, though, because now it's a thing. <laughs> Has to be. How you be? So, what'd it go? I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing all right. Right before recording, I went to a, a like light festival, like a Christmas light thing. <laughs> Why are you making that face? I saw a figure, Stephen, right behind you. It just ran past your fucking head. It must have been a demon. Mm-hmm, probably. <laughs> I think it was Andreas. I think he's going to bed. Blink twice if you're safe. Oh wait, no, he's there. Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense because I saw someone <laughs> run in the kitchen. What kind of fucking witchcraft what? do you have happening in that apartment? Oh, you saw someone go in the kitchen when Andreas was not in the kitchen? Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw. I did. It, it might have actually been a demon. At someone else's houses before I oh, came God to do this. It. So. You should assume I'm drinking before this show every week. Like, you should. If I am not doing that, you should be worried. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to uh, – your next alcohol purchase is going to have to be to me. I mean, 
expound? Because I won our bet for the most predictions for the Game Awards. If you I think that I'm going to go buy you alcohol and still not buy myself some, sir, you are sorely oh, yeah, I mean, even, mistaken, even when young I got boy. you alcohol last time, we shared. Goddamn right. Or I was by myself. But was this like, was actually this was an interesting one because uh, yeah, it was. We were a lot closer points wise than we were last time, uh, and a lot of these, a lot of the winners were surprising, which uh, people can go back and listen to our previous episode uh, when we talk about the the post game awards, uh, post show. But yeah, sixteen predictions correct. Yeah, and I think I had one eleven. Yep, you had eleven. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't it wasn't as much of an ass kicking as last year when you just obliterated all of my predictions. I'm, I think I had like three. <laughs> if I win, Stephen, I, I play to win. Like someone is bleeding after this is all said and done. Okay, well, I was bleeding. Murder. I was dead. I was a dead man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever like? I do this thing where I focus on the camera, you know, and I'm trying to be center. Yeah. And, like I'm trying to make sure the mic's center and I'm trying to make sure I'm center. So it looks good. You know, good presentation, but I always do like the slightest movement somehow, some way to where I'm not center. It always bugs the fuck out of me. And I end up focusing on it the whole goddamn show. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm always lopsided. My head's cut off or like I'm, I'm leaning. I just, I'm I just get comfy. Lopsided. I'm just a crooked fucking individual. I'm just a, a crooked man. <laughs> I I live life in italics. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, what games have you been playing lately? I'm curious. I've been dabbling. Uh, so, I have I've, I've made a goal for myself. I, I want to get a gaming PC. Yeah. By the end of 2022. You're a traitor. Um, uh, yeah it's fine um so here's my here's my thing though steven i have taken our approach to when it comes to things that are free if it's free and it's on a legit thing claim it like why wouldn't you and you just have it in your backlog i have routinely for the past year or so gone in the epic game store and claimed their daily free games or weekly free games or whatever the fuck they do so i have created this backlog of pc games on a platform i don't own um just by claiming free shit and now that I have an Xbox Series S and I use it solely for Game Pass to play exclusives most of the time, but then any third-party games that come out on it, so I don't have to spend you know 60 bucks on it to play it on the PlayStation, um, I'm like building, again, this log. And I'm like, you know, at this point, like I'd probably save a ton of money just playing games on PC because like the games, I, I don't buy games at launch. I haven't done that in forever. And nine times out of ten, they're on sale almost a week out of the gate on on PC, I'm like, I if I wanted to, I'd probably save more money doing this. Like, I follow yeah. cheap ass gamer on Twitter, and half the deals are for games I want to play, but they're on Plus PC those, and they're like half off. You've got those humble bundles too. Yeah, all that stuff, and I'm like, I'd play those games, but that's not available to me on my console, which is the only reason I don't play them. Uh, it's usually because it's an expense I cannot afford. But now, if I had a PC, sure, like that upfront cost of the co- of the PC itself is you know pretty pricey, but like in the long run. That shit would last me years, and I could play whatever the fuck I wanted without having to worry about hassle unless I want to buy an exclusive, you know? So I have made it a goal of mine to not buy any new games going into 2022. Because I have too much. I've got games out the ass I can play. Oh, can you mean just for the, in, like, through the end of 2021? 
No, I mean like all this year, like all this, like 2022, I'm not buying a brand new game unless it is a gift, like with whether it's store credit I have because I sold something or it's a gift card I get specifically to a, like a retailer or anything like that. I am not, I have too many other games I can play right now. And I don't play that many games as is just due to time. So I'm like, I don't need to go shell out 60 bucks of my own money to play a video game where if like, if I want to play a game that bad, I could probably just look in my library on my PlayStation five or go on game pass and see what's there and play it that way. I don't, I don't need to do it. And that that was, that was most of my 2021. So Mm -hmm. 2022, I'm ready. And so that, that will lead to me saving towards the PC and get that all taken care of and going from there. Um, but also at the same time, like just saving money in general. So I'm not buying a bunch of shit that I'm not going to play for months at hand. Um, in that essence, though, what I'm playing now, which would last me probably in the first month or two of 2022, um, I recently started Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5. Okay. Uh, so I dabble in that, like, usually at, like late at night where I have like the house to myself and it's quiet. Um, but throughout the day, I've been playing that there at Pokemon's Brilliant Diamond. Uh, on the Nintendo Swatch oh, okay. fairly frequently. I've been Jones for some old school Pokemon, and this remake is very much just that. It is a remake or a remaster through and through, not a whole bunch of new stuff, very much the same game with some fresh and think some quality of life changes. That's all I needed. So what about you? What what you playing? What you playing? Um so I recently jumped back into Near Replicant. Uh, mostly because the Game Awards reminded me that I really love that game. Oh, there's that brick can. <laughs> Brick-flavored Sprite. Mmm. Concrete. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Sediment. <laughs> I can taste the green. Your face froze on my end for like a split second. When oh, you... I held it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was <laughs> a very, that was a very good hold. I've been wow. really getting like a. I don't know, like why all of a sudden I'm really good at that, but that's a thing I've been doing. Do you think you're like part machine? I mean, at this point, yeah. Wow. Just like just put myself into a wall. Charging batteries. It's real. I can't. I can't function unless there's Wi-Fi. I'm always attached to a screen. I am already a PC. I am a personal emphasis on the person. Oh, computer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I jumped back into near replicant. I've mostly just been like farming for items because I want to upgrade all my weapons, and it is a slog. It is hours and hours and hours of farming for like one fucking item. But the music is nice. Uh, <laughs> So there's that. Fair. But then I'm excited for when I finally upgrade all the weapons because then I can just play the game. Because I still have, like I think, four different endings. Uh, so I can go back to just enjoying the story. I just want to get all of that out of the way so I can just play it and enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's like, without spoiling anything, it is one of those things where there is a point of no return. And if I hit it, that means I'm restarting literally everything from square one. So like I I just want to I want to get all the trophies I can before I hit that point. Um but other than near replicant, uh I've still been playing Death Stranding a little bit, um but it's been a minute since I've streamed it. But I've been a little bit addicted to 
a game that I didn't think I would be addicted to, and that's Wreckfest. <laughs> I'm playing Wreckfest on PS5. Wreckfest. It's a fun little game. Yeah? What, what do you like about it? What, what's got your goat? Uh, I mean, sometimes I just like... Some, sometimes I just like a simple racing game, and there's no like weird special mechanics in this game. You just drive and run into things. And literally the first event in the entire game's campaign, you're just riding on these lawnmowers... <laughs> in a field and the goal is to just destroy everyone. So you're, you just run into them and then bodies are flying everywhere. It's great. I love I feel it. Like that sounds like farming simulator. If it was done right, I could appreciate Honestly, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're racing couches on some speedway, more bodies flying everywhere. My uh, God, there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's cars and stuff too. Nah, but, no cars, just couches. But it's kind of fun, and like I played it online. Football game that shit's on fire. I played Wreckfest online, and I actually felt like I had a fighting chance. It's like the first time I played any kind of racing anything online, and not been a disaster. Now, do you think that is because you are sincerely good at the game, or because there is very little people actually playing Wreckfest online? The hours you are playing the game, if not majority of the hours, that game is going. Uh, well, I mean, I was. When I happened to play it, I was off work. I was playing it during like a a normal time on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like I feel like it was a normal time to be playing. I think it's just because there's a lot of destruction and people run into each other from all different angles. I think it's hard to be entirely skill based. It's just almost always a clusterfuck, Who but in a good way. That? I guess. It is uh, it is kind of my natural habitat. Stephen Morrow, cluster, cluster of fuck. <laughs> no, not cluster of fuck. That would make you sell the cluster. You were the cluster fucker. Oh, I fuck the clusters. Mm-hmm. Okay, cluster. I hardly knew her. That just I don't like, sounds. Yeah, I don't like that, cluster. That one was um, gross. Let's, uh, that was not. downright offensive. I'm just going to throw that one away. All right. Did you just rip a blank piece of paper just to for effect and throw it behind you? No, it actually it, it had the the tallies for the game awards. Oh, okay. It's like, did you just whip that out because you wanted to <laughs> look like we had something prepared? <laughs> Let's not lie to the people, Stephen. There is nothing prepared about this show. <laughs> it is not a lie. It is just a mere fabrication. Jesus Christ. I guess. So, Stephen, before we get yes. into the news news, you've oh. got a bit of news on the dual census front. I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. You do. Actually, God um, damn it, boy. Listen, I'm inept. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have um, Twitter again for more than friends, which is nice. <laughs> um, so our Twitter handle, is that what it's called? A Twitter handle? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. See, I'm, I'm so new to this. But it's just uh, tweet MTF, nice and simple, nice and easy. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can get notified whenever we go live, whenever there's new content. Uh, sometimes we'll put random things on there. But yeah, tweet MTF, like, follow, share with your friends, people you not friends but you think like video games, or just 
two bumbling idiots on the internet at 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Or no, what is today? Saturday. No, today's Friday, today's, right? It's Friday. We do it I on Fridays. We do it on Fridays. It's Friday. Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> See, it's great. Quality. Son of a bitch. We've got everything together. <laughs> Planned. <laughs> everything. Fall apart. Everything is under control. God damn, look at that. Look at that fucking bun in the background. Jesus Christ. Are you still I watching Andreas? I saw him. I saw it's a nice bun. I like his I bun. I saw that son of a bitch. It's a good Lurking bun. in the shadows, Steven. Lurking. Alex can see your bun every now and then. It's a nice bun, though. I like it. He's he's preparing these meals. He started doing like, meal, prepping? meal prep for people. Based for on people? the dietary goals. Yeah. What like, people like you pay him money and then he'll cook you meals like as a like a plan. That's not a bad gig. Yeah. Like people like pretty people, cool. Yeah, a lot of people want to meal prep, but they don't like actually doing it. So it's good, you know, it's a good thing. People will pay for that shit. Yeah, actually I did hear that. So he just started he had a client, um, and she just started on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Monday. Well, she said Monday didn't count because she ate a bunch of junk food. Anyways, she started on Tuesday, and today's Friday, and she already lost more than two pounds. Oh, good for her. That's awesome. Kudos. So, it's working, and she says the food is delicious. So, yeah, if anyone wants to um, do some, like, dietary goals. Right now, it has to be local because we can't ship food right now, but we can deliver. So, anyways... Any hooser, follow tweet MTF on Twitter, Twitter, uh, to get along. Steven, we've got some heft, hefty, hefty pieces of yep. news. Um, do you want to go with the PlayStation centric things, or do you want to just go down the line of what we got taken down, young man? Uh, let's just go down the line, and then uh, most of these we won't spend too long on. It's just there's there's a couple biggins, but some biggins, um, some big boys. But we'll just we'll just feel it out. Go down the line. Do you want to alternate? Old child. Is that what you want to do? You want to alternate? I don't give a shit. Let's just make a roll. Bro. Right. Good I want to do the first one. Time. I want to do the first one. Let's do the first one. All right, shit. Do the first one. All right. I'm excited about this. So uh, the game Spirit Fair has passed one million copies sold, and this is exciting because if I remember correctly, it was nominated last year for. Games with uh, games for impact, is that right, or did it win? Do you know what I did? Forty eight hours ago. Ask me. Try to remember December of twenty twenty of twenty 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 and twenty twenty one blur. Well, I'll Google it. Hold on. While, while you're googling, so Spirit Fair is a game where uh, it's adorable and you help adorable animals pass on to the afterlife, but it's nice. Uh, <laughs> But anyways, so to celebrate 100 copies sold, they're releasing a new free update that includes new characters, new story stuff, and they're changing the name of the game to the Farewell Edition, which I think is very nice because it is the final update for the game. And I still want to play that game. I finally own it, but after hearing that this update was coming out, I wanted to wait until the update was available, but now it's available. But yeah, so congratulations to everyone who worked on Spirit Fair. Because that game is beautiful and wonderful and 
now there's more content. It's wins all around. There we go. All right, hold on. You got it? So I, I, I thought I did, but I'm going to try this. Game Awards 2020. Just go about it this way. Game Awards 2020 on the old Wikipedia's. Awards. Uh, games for Impact. Games for Impact. Games for Impact last year was Tell Me Why. Spirit Fairer was a nominee. There we go. So it was nominated for Games for Impact. But it's a it's an amazing game. Sold a million copies. New free update, new characters. That's always cool. What's up, Iraqi Horror? I enjoy... Is that a penguin or a snowman or both? I think it's a man with a mask. Hold on, let's... I can't tell. Oh, it's a snowman with the... It's like a, like a, a face mask, like... Oh, a snowman with a face mask. Yeah, all right. I can appreciate okay. that. It's in the holiday spirit, but it's also responsible. Um, any hooser. Um, next up, we've got... That was not the first one, Steven. Yeah, it was. Was it? Hold on. Okay, hold on. My page jumped all over the place. You, you cover this next one, too, because I don't know what the fuck. All right, so Kingdoms of Amalar came out like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Promised expansion back when it came out on 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. Expansion never happened. Studio went under. Kingdoms of Amalur gets re-released as Re-Reckoning. And now finally, terrible after name. 10 fucking years, it is a terrible name. Great game. Terrible name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, so the expansion is finally out for the re-release. And this expansion is interesting. It might be a little too late. Uh, for anyone to really care, but <laughs> uh, when the... <laughs> it's literally ten years after the game release. <laughs> and, and considering like how well that game just like not how well, but like how that game released as a re-release, it was just like no one cares anymore. Yeah. So like the people that would buy this DLC, even if it's a minimal amount. Well, the game was released as a PlayStation Plus game. So true there's you know there's more people playing it maybe but hopefully uh anyway so the new expansion is set in a completely new environment uh that has like mountains and a more snowy landscape um a more than six hour long main quest a bunch of new (laughs) characters uh the level cap was raised there's a bunch of new armor sets um tons of new side quests new villages cities you can buy new houses new interiors for your houses there's there's a shit ton of content it's like uh, like an expansion to an MMO style thing. So that's pretty cool. My favorite new feature is there's new music from the composer, Grant Kirkhope, who is also the composer for Banjo-Kazooie. So anytime there's more music from him, that's great. All this stuff, all this content. Six hours, of, six hours plus of main, of main quest content here. You get a house, you can build it. And your biggest takeaway is the music. Yeah. Yes, it is. I have no shame. I I know you don't. He's a great composer. I ain't nothing against the guy, but there's a whole lot of content there like that you will actually interact with. And you're just like, give me that. You could just listen to I'm pretty sure that's going to be on Spotify at some point. Yeah. And you could just do it that way. Yeah, but I mean, how many other people are talking about the soundtrack for Kingdoms of Amalur? <laughs> Nobody. This is a dual senses exclusive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, cle- clearly not, because we sourced that from what? PlayStationTrophies.org, and they probably sourced it from someone else. 
Yeah, but that was just a, a bullet point on a list. But I am... It, this is the main feature. This is a selling point for me. Moving right along. Um, we've got a System Shock remake coming next year. Originally started as a Kickstarter all the way back in 2016. Was slated to release in 2020, but you know. Life, uh, universe, yeah. everything. This has been long in the running, and System Shock is one of those, uh, I don't want to say cult favorites. I guess I can still call it a cult favorite, where it's a franchise that fans just won't let die, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's much beloved. The games were good from what I understand. I've never played, I've never played or even let alone seen a System Shock game, uh, except for uh, the sequel that came out, or did it ever come out? System Shock? Uh, was it two or three? I think. I think. It I think it, yeah, I, I think it just kind of came out, and it was the. I feel like it's one of those franchises where it's very much talked about when it's happening because it's such a long running fran. I say long running, but it's been around for forever. But they have very few installments. Um, well, it's the precursor though to Bioshock. The Bioshock, yes. So, but the I feel like the Bioshock games get more hype and have done critically better, and in as, as well as commercially. Um, but every time you talk about System Shock, it's always like, oh, shit, System Shock's still around. And then that's system it. System Shock. Yeah, System Shock. <laughs> but then after that, that's all you hear. Right? That's it. It's always talked about it's com- the upcoming release, and then it comes out, and it's like, good job, guys. Nothing against them. I just feel like the community that desires this game to be out is – I feel like there's a lot more talk than there is actual, like, you know – well, I mean, it. This started as a Kickstarter in 2016, but it's nice to know that finally they have a date, or not? Yeah, a, a year. They have a year that they're planning to release. So mm-hmm. 2022, you can expect to see the System Shock remake. They released uh, two gameplay trailers, so if anyone's interested in checking that out, um, I'm sure it's on the the YouTube's and the and the what have you's. YouTube's. And, yeah. and the what have you's can't forget about those. Yeah, but so good stuff. Speaking good of stuff. speaking of remakes of classic games that people have been clamoring for, uh, finally, it took them freaking long enough. Ubisoft has officially announced and confirmed a Splinter Cell remake <laughs> is in the works. Mm-hmm. So it's still very, very, very early in development. Um, but we know that it's going to be using the Snowdrop engine. Um, that's the same engine as the Division, and it's the same engine that's going to be used in the recently announced um, Avatar game. Um, that Ubisoft is working on. Um, it's touting next generation visuals and gameplay, which every remake does that, so that's not too exciting. But this is where it gets exciting. Um, Ubisoft has stated that they plan to continue the franchise further with the remake basically acting as a base or a foundation for future iterations. So um, whether that means remakes of other sprint- Splinter Cell games or. Splinter Cell. Spr- Sprinter Cell. Mirror's <laughs> Edge. Run. It is but the Splinter Cell. It is the endless runner mobile adaptation of Splinter Cell. <laughs> oh no! Honestly, they would do it with microtransactions and NFTs. Yep. Mm-mm. But uh, this is a big deal. Fans have been kind of getting pissed off uh, because Splinter Cell has been like referenced in a whole lot of games. Sprinkler Sprell. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, that was Baraki horror. Uh, the... yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Uh, comments. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about that one. <laughs> it sounds like an injury. <laughs> Spranker sprawl. Oh, I sprankered my sprawl. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, that, that's so, a, that's one that a lot of people have been excited for, though. And it, yeah, so it's different. I feel like I feel like a lot of people wanted to see like a true Splinter Cell sequel. Uh, Splinter mm-hmm. Cell is a staple franchise of Ubisoft, um, and at a time where Ubisoft is very much in the last few years only put out a Watch Dogs game uh, or an Assassin's Creed game, Just Dance, and then some kind of random off the wall, more sports or extreme sports or a exercise related thing. Um, it's been thoroughly missed. Uh, the last true iteration was blacklist, which was 2012, I believe. If yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, with, it was on the so Wii U. It was on the Wii U. It was on the 360, 360. on the PS3. It, it, it's just kind of yeah. weird. So I, the purpose of a, of a remaster of the original. I, it's nice because it bring it'll be able to bring in uh, new players from a game that came out in the early 2000s. Um, and, and it's long storied historical franchise, but it, I don't know if it's what fans, I feel like fans may be settling just because like at this point, let's take whatever the fuck we can get for a true Splinter Cell game because of how long it's been and how much we've been teased. Um, so I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, I, well, mean, I mean, the Splinter Cell has been around for a pretty long time, and I feel like mm-hmm. if bringing it into the modern age, the way that they made it down, to me at least, I think it's leaning more towards they're basically doing a, a restart for this franchise, mm-hmm. like a fresh restart. So re- by remaking the first game, it could even be like a Final Fantasy VII situation where it's like, all right, let's just modernize it and let's let's make this game as if we're making it in modern Today. time. Yeah. Yeah. And now my and only go from there. My only concern with that is this, this is also an Ubisoft game. And they already have a remaster slash remake slash reboot or the fuck you want to call it. And the works has been delayed numerous times with Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time. Um we have not seen or heard of this game in months since its debacle of a reveal. And then then as we got closer to its original launch day of spring this year, just pushed back indefinitely. Um, that has me concerned with if they can't remaster, like that game was, I don't think they were adding anything new. It was just simple remaster. So, you know, some 4k resolution, improved textures, gameplay, frame rate, all that good stuff, make it pretty. Um, we don't have that, but they're taking on a full fledged, you know, from the ground build up of splinter cell. Granted, I know it's early days in development with it, early days of an announcement, but I mean, I feel like at this Probably point, I don't see this for a year. Yeah, I, 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 I part of me we're wishes see any gameplay at all or video for like a year. Yeah, part of me kind of wishes that we hadn't seen anything about that until we know what's going on with Prince of Persia. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I will say there wasn't a lot of fanfare. It was just posted online, mm-hmm. like as like a text, like a blog post, essentially on their but website. Even then though, but so, they, they put it on their website. They put it on social media with, um, the night vision goggles of Sam Fisher with the three lenses there and the green. But even then, I think that's enough still like that is you touting, like we're working on this thing. And it's for me, 
if of, as a publisher, like not necessarily speaking, not to say it's being developed by the same team, but as a publisher, if you've got one game in the works in a similar fashion of a remaster, reboot, whatever you want to call it, I wouldn't announce another one, especially after the fallout you had of the one you've already announced a year, what almost almost two years now, I think ago. Like I, I, I yeah. think it's bad timing. Like I wouldn't want to hear about another remaster from Ubisoft until I know the one they've already announced is, you know, in good standing and in good shape. Um, my next point would be this would have been granted. I would have had the same feelings about it, but the hype factor of announcing this at the Game Awards, even as a slight teaser, I'm kind of confused as to why there wasn't a presence there. Um, yeah. Like this, it's just totally off the wall. Same thing with Spirit Fair, honestly. With Spirit Fair being a nominee in the Game Awards uh, in 2020 for Games with Impact, I, I find it odd that we didn't hear anything about it. I mean, he mentioned prior nominees and he talked about how developers, were, this developer was here a year ago. Now they're here with their new game. Yeah. Congratulating games that have used the, the Game Awards as a stage to announce their things or put themselves in the spotlight. Spirit Fair got you know a lot of press and a lot of hype being at the Game Awards last year, being nominated. So to not have that small little quick teaser of a enhanced edition or a farewell edition, I, I especially at the Game Awards that we had, where historically compared to past shows, this one was pretty tame with the announcements. I find it surprising. I feel like maybe they announced it before the game awards like in the pre-show happened uh no i mean like like i feel like, like it it happened before the game awards but we're just mm, now getting it on the show just because we've been talking about the game awards a lot fair 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 but um but yeah i i mean it would be nice if there was more of a celebration of you know i mean a previous nominee um, and yeah, I agree that a, a Splinter Cell announcement at the Game Awards would have left more of an impact, but maybe they don't want people talking about it as much um, because they don't have anything to show for it. So maybe they just want to let fans know, hey, this is happening. You can stop emailing us <laughs> and sending us death threats. Um, <laughs> so maybe so it's just one of those scenarios. The announcement for Spirit Fair uh, Farewell Edition came from Thunder Lotus, the developer's Twitter page, um, which was tweeted out on December 13th, 2021 at 7 p.m. So that was after the Game Awards. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they didn't hit 1 million until... Yeah, that is, that is quite possible. Did it over that weekend. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, next up. We've got Horizon Forbidden West updates. Um, so we got updates not only in the PS5 and just the game about itself in general, but for the first time we've seen some PS4 screenshots. Um, it, there's a two-minute trailer on the PlayStation blog. Definitely go check it out, just kind of detailing some of the new um, enemies uh, and new machines you'll face with a good narration there. And, you know, uh, not as much more cinematic than it is actual gameplay, but that's fine. You know, they're showcasing how it looks. There's been gameplay fucking videos for the last year. The combat gameplay that they've been showcasing lately is fluid. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. It's amazing. But I mean, I I think we should give uh credit where it's due. These mm -hmm. the PS4 screenshots, it still looks great. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's still a solid looking game. Um, it's good to know that they're not 
I mean, they definitely have to compromise on a few things being on a last gen console, but they definitely are going to push your PS4 pros um, or hopefully not your base model PS4s uh, will be whirring quite loudly running this game. Um, looking like yeah. they're going to come out at 1080p. I imagine they're going to target a 30 frames per second um, rate th- frame rate there. Yeah, or- I think I think that's been confirmed before for the PS4 version, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's a locked frame rate at 60 frames on PS5, but um, I think that's a target frame rate for them for the PS5 version. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed with these screenshots. I thought it still looked gorgeous. You could tell that it the lighting wasn't quite, uh, you know, what we're used to now with PS5, but it, it's still a, a beautiful game. Yeah, I, I think it'll be awesome. It's it's nice, but disheartening at the same time. Uh, I made this point before on a prior episode where it's just like, man, how much time and effort went to making sure this last-gen version of this next-gen game is running at top speed. I mean, yeah. granted, I, I get it. PS5 is hard to, to get. They don't want to leave a whole generation behind. But at the same time, you know, you've got to have your flagship sellers. And when games are coming out and, you know, sure, you're pushing millions and millions of consoles being sold, you're going to get to that point where it's going to be like, all right, cool. I own this console and it's been out a year now. Why do I own it? And why did I make such a rush to buy it now? This game launches in February. If this game looks just as good on, not just as good, but still looks really good on PS4 and runs smoothly. Why did I buy this console a year ago? Why couldn't I have waited? So, I mean, it's a devil's advocate, you know. I think it's good. On one hand, it's good. It's nice that, you know, that entire... It's good news for PS4 owners who don't have a PS5 yet. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely good news. And it's good news all around. It's awesome. They're not... It's it's good faith in PlayStation saying they're not abandoning their fan base, especially the largest install base they've had since the PS2 um, and console market. But it's at the same time, it's just like, man, like, give me a continuous good damn reason as to why I went and shelled out 500, 400 bucks November of 2020 in a time where it was probably financially irresponsible, irresponsible to do so. <laughs> yeah. So like, give me a fucking reason. Why did I buy this thing? I, I want a reason to own this massive honker of a console. Honker. Oh. I hardly knew her. Disgusting. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Tencent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is fucking insane. First of all, uh, but uh, and we lost another studio to Tencent uh, recently, and I mean, I know that that's a, a loaded statement. Very. <laughs> I say we lost a- another studio, but um, personally, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about this. Um, okay. But Turtle Rock Studios, the developer of Back for Blood, has been acquired by Tencent, and Tencent is. Um, the studio that's been buying or the company that's been buying basically everything uh, within the gaming industry. Um, Did you know that in the past year Mm -hmm. they have um, either acquired or invested heavily in 100 studios so far? Um, And this is, this is just in the past year. That's not surprising to me. And here's the reason why Tencent is a one every three days. Yeah. So listen, here's the deal. I understand your concern with Tencent, um, but I don't think 
if you really break it down and look at it, right? So Tencent is a Chinese-based company. Mm-hmm. China is a country, you know, for a long time, did not have any accessibility to video games whatsoever. And even still there, it's very hard to, they don't have a big fan base in video games. It's not taking off. Anytime something skyrockets, a new restriction is in place to make sure like, nope, we're limiting. It's still very limited, still very, uh, it's not as available as it is throughout the rest of the world. Um, so when it comes to like trying to break that market, if you want to get in there, you're going through Tencent because they're a massive, massive company. They're going to want to stake in it because they like making money. So the, the small guy in China is not going to invest in Call of Duty and invest in Activision to bring a Call of Duty game overseas. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I want to know the numbers per se because, yeah, it's a large amount they're investing and buying and taking over. But I have a feeling that that investment buying ratio – is you're looking maybe 20% purchasing and then 80% small investments and occasionally a majority stakeholder. And that's usually just because they're like, hey, we want to bring your game overseas or you want your game to be played in China. Well, we want to own a piece of the pie. Not a big chunk, but a small enough reason to say we're going to get our cut in return. See, I don't... I. I, I disagree. Um, I, I I personally don't think that this is a good thing. Um, I think that this is a bad I never said thing. it was a good thing. Um, and I mean, as much as I love the idea of tapping into other markets and getting more video games to more people, um, and not to make this political or anything, um, but I mean, this is something that affects the industry and this is something that affects my favorite art. Um, and uh, I think that a, a company as large as Tencent um, in China essentially becomes another arm of the Chinese government. And for them to be getting their, their little fingers all up in so many different places, we've seen China strong arm very large companies mm-hmm. um, before. And now they're strong arming or they'll have the ability to strong arm many more companies and many more small studios who aren't going to be able to tell the stories that they want to tell. They're not going to be able to say the things that they want to say. Um, because now they have this like overseer essentially. And I, I really don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. There are two things that I dislike. Um, and that is, uh, ironically as a PlayStation podcast, big business making creative decisions um which i think that's one thing that's nice with playstation is uh once a studio earns their respect they're pretty hands-off with like the subject matter for a game and things like that they're more focused on just quality over the content Mm -hmm. um within reason at least um but i also dislike censorship and i feel like with tencent buying up all these studios uh, we're going to see, or, or or just investing in these studios, we're going to see more of both of those things. And uh, I, I just think that China <laughs> um, getting involved in all of this is very concerning, especially when we couple this with the news that we've covered in the past with um, censored Call of Duty uh, trailers. Um, and uh, literally just flat out banning people on online games. What was it? Was it Blizzard? 
um, where uh, there was like a some online streamer who has was completely banned because he was talking about um, supporting the Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all these things, and uh, it, it frankly it makes me worried and uncomfortable, and I don't like it. So every time that they do anything, which again, it's been at a rate of once every three days, they are either acquiring or investing in another studio. Um, so are those studios or companies? Well, both. Uh, and, and how many of those companies are just video game based? All of them. All right. So here's my thing. So I just pulled this up on, uh, on pcgamer.com. This is from 2020, so it's dated. But uh, this is every game company that Tencent has invested in by August 9th of 2020. Um, so if we're looking at it and they've got who they own and if they don't own them, how much stake they have. So the, the biggest ones, and I imagine this probably hasn't changed too much in a drastic way, except for maybe Turtle Rock now. Um, so right now they own, they have 100% stake in Riot Games with League of Legends. Um, so there's that. Um, I think a big thing with that is... Um, let's see. I and a big portion of that was Arena of Valor. Like reading on this, Tencent went ahead and made their own mobile clone of LOL called Arena of Valor that came out, and Riot wasn't happy about it. I'm paraphrasing this. Um, that is now mostly water on the bridge. Now that Tencent has abandoned Arena of Valor in the West, and Riot is making a mobile version of League of Legends, which is out now with Wild Rift. Um, they own forty percent of Epic Games. Um, there. Uh, let's see here. They own 11.5% in Blue Hole. Uh, this player knows Battlegrounds. They have 5% stake in Ubisoft. They have 5% stake in Activision Blizzard. Uh, 80% in Grinding Gear Games, uh, the developers of um, excuse me, Path of Exile. And then some other ones worth noting, Supercell. Um, they own 84.3%. I, they, Clash of Clans. Platinum Games, they have an undisclosed investment. Jaeger, um, they're the developer of Spec Ops The Line. Uh, and then some free-to-play games here and there. Um, nice. So there's that. Uh, but again, when was the last time you heard a big thing about Jaeger? Frontier Development, that was Elite Dangerous and Planet Zoo. Um, Kakao is a South Korean internet and entertainment company um, responsible for Black Desert Online. Paradox Interactive. So the way that I see it, though, is they're literally going towards, for the most part, um, and I mean, I guess you could you could say that it's this is just sound investment um, for any company, but they're literally going towards the games that have the highest reach in as many different devices. Um, I, and- yeah, they, they definitely have a bigger, and I mean, I think after this, because they also... Um, I mean, games like uh, Genshin Impact and what is the Pokemon game? Pokemon Unite. Uh, they have a stake in that, if not owning it. Uh, but even then, like you got to see these these are small numbers in most of these. And if they have a large number, it's in places that aren't like big, big hitters. And I think it's just a matter of like they just want the cut. because, And that's the thing. They aren't – they – looks like from what I'm reading that they don't get involved. In hold on, though. They hold on. They just own. They so five percent, for example, seems like a very small number because it's mm-hmm. five, five out of a hundred. You know that doesn't seem like a lot, but we're talking billions of dollars. 
And if they threaten to take to to uh, remove five percent investment into a company if they don't uh, do something or mm-hmm. if they don't meet the requirement, that's billions of dollars. No, I, I'm not saying and, that, Stephen. I'm not arguing that. You're not wrong on that by any means. But I'm saying that at the end of the day, the the point here I'm making is, is that Tencent isn't, as of right now, they aren't getting involved in any kind of directiveness unless it's you know censorship with China with anything China related, especially it's all Call of Duty. Um, and if they have any big majority stake or any kind of control as to what's going on with the games, it's you know, it, it's small, I don't want to, you know, not to put anyone down, but it's small fish, you know, like I, I don't think they're holding up blue holes with player knows battlegrounds. They for damn sure aren't holding up riot games, you know, and they own them. So in Epic games, 40% Epic games is massive between unreal engine five Fortnite. I mean, I don't think we have anything to worry for the time being. There are I can understand versions of those games that they release in China because they're not allowed to to say certain things. And that, but even then, that was the case even before. Like that's not even about the censorship piece. That was about China as a country. I yeah, think I, we're getting. I, I know, but like if, has, if if a company that's operating in China is investing uh-huh. in the video game industry, they have to operate by China's rules. Correct. But I, even then, they have to operate by their rules. So I think a big thing, I think Tencent's big thing right now is this. They want to capitalize on the video game market in China. And with them as a business, they want to stake, right? They're investing in something. They're, they're putting their name on something. Hey, we want to cut, so we'll give you some money so you can fund, right? So think about it this way. They, want, they put out Call of Duty Mobile however many years ago to hit in, in Chinese markets, right? But... In order to do so, they had to give, hey, we'll give Activision Blizzard, we'll give you this chunk of money just to work on our game and our market because that Call of Duty game isn't available worldwide. Uh, it's not Call of Duty Mobile. I can't remember the name of the Call of Duty game, but it's strictly in China, and that's how they can operate it. So, I again, I understand your concern for futureness, for, for the future tense of these things, but as of right now, they haven't done anything. The games that they're affecting if anything, right now are flourishing extremely well. Games like Genshin Impact, Pokemon Unite well, had a rocket flourishing launch. beforehand, though. That's the thing. Genshin Impact came from Tencent. That was bef- that was not a oh we're going to have a stake in it now. Genshin was. I'm, I'm saying all of the other games that they're investing in and acquire in the and that's that true, but they weren't flourishing they were in beforehand. China. And uh, I mean, at at the end of the day, Tencent is not a private company. Correct. Tencent is owned by China. So it is. It is an operation, like an operating arm of the Chinese government, and that's what makes me uncomfortable. And I mean, I understand the whole business side of it, whatever. Um, but I mean, I I think that I think that these concerns are valid, and I think that. Um, and I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying. And I, and I wish that more companies would decline their offer. Personally, um, you know, I it it makes me a little. Um, uncomfortable the fact that they're waving a bunch of money and people are agreeing and they're they're giving up their own creative liberties. I believe um, they also opened up a studio in California at some point, like a video game studio. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> well, that's all I got to say about that. Let's see here. 
All right. Well, moving on from Turtle Rock. <laughs> moving on to um, some lighter news. Jesus. Uh, a PlayStation exec was fired after being caught in a pedophilia sting. Uh, this comes from the New York Post. This happened shortly before, like a, two days before the Game Awards. Uh, so yeah. we didn't talk about it last week at the time, uh, just because, you know, Game Awards. But uh, Stephen, I'll go ahead and let you tell it. You you have more insight into it as I do. You watched the video. You saw all that stuff. <laughs> uh, basically, this episode is full of drama. Oh, my God. We have political conspiracies, and now we have pedophiles in PlayStation. Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Sony executive or a PlayStation Store executive. I'm sorry. Oh, let me get the guy's name. I can't fucking remember his name. George Cat Cacioppo. I'm so bad at names. Cacioppo? Uh, yeah, George Cacioppo. Uh, he was a PlayStation Store uh, executive. Uh, but uh, there was this like ragtag independent YouTube channel. Uh, and what they do is they basically bait pedophiles on dating apps. And then they, they film them catching them in the act. Uh, and so he was one of the people that was caught in the act. And so uh, they had screenshots of conversations of him talking to somebody who he believed was, I think it was a 13-year-old boy. Uh, and he like blatantly expressed that he wanted to engage in, in sexual activity with this child um, and then uh, wanted them to go over to, to their house. And so the YouTube people filmed him and just flat out called, called him out on his... Uh, pedophilia and uh, the I mean it all of that sucks um, I mean not the fact that he was called out but the fact that it happened um, and I'm sure PlayStation was pissed because he answered the door wearing a PlayStation 5 t-shirt uh, <laughs> this Winnie the Pooh looking motherfucker <laughs> opens the door <laughs> ready to touch a child um, so fuck that guy. And so here's, here's, what's great though. And this, I think is the, um, I think that this is, this is the good news. PlayStation fired him. They did it within 24 hours. I believe, um, they were just, you know, compiling the information, uh, confirming the accuracy and they let him go, uh, as close to immediately as a large company can. So, uh, so yeah, I, I I think that so this is interesting not because it's scandalous, but because pairing this with we have so much news lately about um, like sexual harassment uh, with Ubisoft and what is it Activision? Yes, Activision Blizzard is the big one right now. Yeah, um, probably the biggest one. So before that we had Ubisoft, and then now we have um, Activision Blizzard. And they're just dragging their feet and they're not doing anything to solve these issues. And so here we see this happened. And granted, I mean, not to downplay sexual harassment in the workplace, but pedophilia, I think, is like particularly shitty. It's um, a federal crime. So, yeah. No ifs, ands, buts about it. It's not a thing where you go to HR like, is this wrong? Is this bad? But, no. That, uh, mm. Yeah, the fact that it was 
immediately dealt with, though. Um, I wish that we could see that same kind of speed uh, with other than instances as well within the game industry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. If anything, this does it. It shows it's good faith in PlayStation as a company. They're not setting a double standard um, of coming out and saying like, "Oh yeah, you Activision Blizzard, you got to do something about Bobby Kotick, right? You've got to figure this out." And then they have this own shit. And like, oh, well, we got to think about it here. No, they pulled the trigger like, no, he's done, gone. That's it. It's done with. Um, that shows it's good faith. It shows that they're not messing around. Um, it shows and it sets a precedent for anyone else in the company right now. Like if you're going to do some stupid shit, recognize like there's no saving grace. It, there's, there's no gray area. If you fuck up, you're gone. It's done. Game over. You're out the door. And that's kind of what that's what you need, and not just video games, but in a lot of big companies nowadays, is like there's no gray area when it comes to senses of when it comes to just wrongdoings. Not a question of morality. Like you made a mistake, you hurt someone, you're you're done. That's awesome to see. It's awesome to hear. Uh, kudos to them. Seriously, like I can be more proud as a PlayStation consumer and fan that something like this was dealt with swiftly. Like it wasn't something they, it wasn't like there was this big press thing. Like, Oh, we've got a, it's, we've got these days. Like we got to figure we out have to have a meeting. We got to sleep on it. No, fuck that. Jim Ryan said, get his ass out of here. Yeah. So good for them. Happy to hear it. George, if you're listening, fuck you. Fuck that guy. Next up. Where PlayStation has been fucking up. PlayStation is making improvements <laughs> yeah. towards their relationship with indie developers. This comes from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Uh, so I don't know if you guys remember earlier in the summer, uh, a lot of indie devs uh, came out and publicly called out PlayStation uh, and Sony on how difficult and complicated and just downright ridiculous on how it was to get their games approved through playstation to be sold and published or whatever you want to call it I, it was just bad and there was only a few that spoke out but it was affected across the industry uh again, across the indie field playstation is now while they're not making a big stink about it they're not coming out and just publicly saying like hey we're making it better this that and the other there have been a lot of improvements just that from a simplicity s- standpoint on getting indie games in there i, I it's good to see knowing playstation's past relationship with indies and uh i can only imagine that shuhei yushida now that he's kind of like heading up the whole deal with indies has made this a personal product of his uh just making sure like hey like we used to be the place for indies it was laughed upon in our in our competitors and our peers as to how unprevalent indies were and now we're the laughing stock like we don't have it's hard you can't log on to a Nintendo Switch eShop without seeing just this dumpster fire of indie titles just there. <laughs> like, just this massive drop. Game Pass uh, does such a good way of promoting indies because while, sure, you know, their cut may not be massive right away, it's a good entry point because it's like, hey, if you didn't finish this indie title and it's co- and it's leaving Game Pass here, you don't have to pay full price. You get like a 20% off discount and you can play the game and keep playing there. So, it helps them get a better install base. And I can only imagine Xbox shells out a good chunk of money to those developers to be allowed to do so, 
knowing that they're going to take a, the developer will take a loss if they don't. Um, like it's a risk and it's played out very well. So knowing PlayStation is trying to fix this, um, by all means, go give this, go get the article a read over at IGN uh, just to see more specifically what they're doing and what issues were there. It's good. Um, it, it's good to see. I'm glad that they are kind of coming down off of their high horse a bit. You know, after riding the wave that was the PlayStation 4 and now on to this massive tidal wave and hurricane that is the PlayStation 5. Like, you know, it, it's, I feel like for me, as someone that owns both or all three systems with the Switch, an Xbox Series S, and a PlayStation 5, I can totally see myself just with having Game Pass um, playing a lot more third party games on my Xbox and my PlayStation 5 becoming my exclusives machine because of how accessible it is on the Xbox with Game Pass and the portability. And I feel like personally, a lot of the indie games I have an interest in, I like playing handheld. It just feels right at home, you know? So playing them on my Switch just feels right on a comfortability pace. Like I don't want to, yeah. I'll never play Stardew Valley on a, on a television. I don't need to play Stardew Valley in 4K. I am okay playing it in 480p, 720p Doesn't on my Switch. Doesn't even make a difference. Like I don't even... It, it, I feel exactly. Like the art style doesn't really, and, and even and exactly. And I don't feel like a lot of indie games focus with that art style too much on. Oh, you've got to have 120 frames per second with a 60 hertz refresh rate in 4K or 8K. Like, no, they don't give a shit. It's an abstract design. It's a more animated style. So sure, it looks sharper, but like at the end of the day, side by side compared to this 1080p monitor, does it? who cares yeah. <laughs> so playstation's definitely got some some strides to make i hope they recaptured their former glory as the indie king um excited to see what they do thoughts yeah same here uh i think is this the last bit of news penultimate um, of news penultimate. Got two more. yeah 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 um so uh on the playstation blog playstation has announced that um there are new DualSense controllers, and finally, PS5 covers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, I, I'm sure many of you remember when we were talking about, um, like you know, the like wings on the side of the PS5. Um, there were what was the name of the company that was doing it? Dual I skins? can't remember. Is that what it was called? Dual skins. I don't think it was or called plate, plate station. No, I, I don't uh, think it was an, it wasn't an actual like play on the PlayStation name. They were just a company just making PlayStation faceplates. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, a company was making uh, PlayStation faceplates. Uh, a lot of people wanted the PS5 in like a, a matte black color, um, mm -hmm. but there were also some other options on there. And PlayStation sued them and told them to stop. Um, and you know there was some drama with that. But the fact that PlayStation sued a lot of people were like, well, does that mean PlayStation is doing their own thing? Uh, and finally, I don't know why it took so long. This is literally just colored plastic. But um, now it is a thing. They're in galaxy colors. I think the colors look pretty dope. There's like a pink, purple. Um, they do have black, red, and like that Pop-Tart blue. Yeah, so like we've got... Blue. We've got so it's five new it's a, a set of five faceplate replacements and then three new controller colors. Uh, so on top of let's see midnight black, 
and Cosmic Red. We will now have Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple controllers with matching uh, faceplate covers as well as uh, the black and red faceplate covers coming as well. Um, they're being released in waves. So I believe we're getting black and red early next year, like in in January. And then we will controllers for those. Correct. And the Nova Pink, Galactic Purple, and Starlight Blue uh, colors will be launching in the first half of 2022. Um, pricing on these, these will be sold at quite a few different retailers, but they're really pimping out the direct.playstation.com purchase information. Um, pricing is that these faceplate covers are going to be sold for $55, uh, $54.99, I believe, MSRP. What's interesting about that is the company, the third-party company that was selling these unlicensed faceplate covers was only selling them for 50 Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, it one, it's nice that PlayStation, like, didn't just come after these guys to just not do shit, right? Like, it's good that we're getting these, and it wasn't just like, hey, we just don't want you doing it because we're not doing it, so stop it. It was, hey, we had this yeah. in the process. The only thing I can think of uh, window-wise is why it took so long was just picking out colors, honestly. I imagine there was some kind of, like, survey or, like, they were kind of reading comment sections and scrubbing Reddit and forums right now, like, what colors people wanted to see. I mean, I mean, especially if you think about it, like, a purple and pink controller are never necessarily, like, the first wave of new controller colors anyone yeah. ever gets on any console. What so, I don't what I don't understand is this is literally just colored plastic. It's all the same yeah. shape. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't they just let people go on a website, choose whatever fucking color they want, and then buy it? You mean like Xbox Design Labs? Yeah. Everything should be Xbox Design Labs as far I, as console accessories. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you that is something that PlayStation actually needed to do for years like they should have done it before xbox personally in my opinion i could be biased on that um but i yeah i find it interesting that that hasn't happened i don't know if there's a technicality thing or they're just kind of looking at the market and i can kind of see that too i mean think about how many people do you know that have actually personally gone out of their out of their way to use xbox design labs well, here's the thing, though. Then they can just use like the most popular color schemes and then just release those as regular products. That way they no, get the data, but then they can also make the money elsewhere. But like, I mean, it's true. It just it. I I think it has everything to do with like brand control. Yeah. Um, and you know the the branding of their systems. PlayStation always has had like a very particular branding that they're going for and they always want their system to seem um like futuristic or modern uh which i know those sound counter to one another but basically like cutting edge technologically driven um that kind of thing and so like the galaxy colors kind of go along with that the playstation 5 design has a very like techie future design um, mm -hmm. so I think, I think, I think it probably has more to do with branding than anything else, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually think even though it's a lot more expensive than it needs to be, I think the price point is fine because people will pay it. It's a, I mean, PS5 is already a luxury piece of tech. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like buying a, a new strap for your Apple watch. Uh, those things are overpriced too. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think they fit so, for the market they're in. I, my yeah. only, I imagine that the biggest, uh, a big thing also was PlayStation didn't like the idea. Cause I mean, how hard it could it have been to be like, Hey, yo, you're selling PlayStation for our console. You didn't ask to go through us for a license or anything. Like you just started fucking doing it. You know, like you took a 3d printer, major mold based off our measurements we released and just started selling the bad boys. And we weren't getting the cut for our product. Uh, Whereas I think if it was just gone about maybe in a different way, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I'm just speaking hypothetically. If that company had gone through PlayStation and say, hey, we want to sell faceplates for you. We'll give you a percent of the cut. Here you go. PlayStation could have said, yeah, sure. Like we like your initiative. You're doing this thing. That means we don't have to worry about it. You can take care of it. We'll just tell you what colors you want out there. Or, you know, we just want a cut of what you're doing. And Or they could have said, like, no, we already have the technology and the wherewithouts to do this. You know, we don't need someone else doing it for us. And we can make all the money ourselves. So pre thanks, but no thanks kind of deal. I think it was just because these guys just did it. PlayStation's like, well, fuck them. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're just coming on our stuff. And I think you're right. Brand control, they want to control what colors are out there. They want to make it match. You don't want to have a, a pink casing for your PlayStation 5, but you can't go out and buy a pink controller. I think the lack of a design labs deal is just due to why spend all that money having all that shit ready to sit and go only for it to potentially not go anywhere. Cause no one's buying that color or that individual piece and in, you know, in bulk, you know, like why go buy a million pieces of pine tree green and no one's buying it. And you only bought 20,000 pieces of galactic purple. I like but everyone, pine, but I, I like the pine tree. I, I know, I know what you mean, but then no one in their fucking grandma is buying it, it, but they can't keep classic purple in stock worth the damn. So I think it's just a matter of weighing like cost effectiveness. I'm sure there's some politicalness behind it all. I, my argument again was how many people do we know that have come up with a custom controller from Xbox design labs? I don't think I've ever met anyone with it. I think I saw one come in in a shipment to GameStop as a pre-owned controller from a different store. Is the only time I've ever seen one from the design labs. So like, I kind of get like, why invest a lot of money into something that no one's going to use? Like, let's just put out our own shit and see what sells. Uh, personal input. If you guys have not seen the midnight black PS five controller with the lights on, yeah, it's pretty smexy. It is I when the look. lights are on, it looks like something yeah. straight out of the, the new Tron movie. It is fucking beautiful. I can only imagine pretty the cool. face plates on the ps5 itself would look great too with that blue hue kind of shining and reflecting off of it um about the phrase blue hue i like it blue hue um i don't think i'd buy one because i don't want to shell out 55 bucks for sheets of plastic yeah, no. <laughs> if someone <laughs> wants it, to buy it for me i that's fine yeah i don't want to make it get cool i'm all about i want it. the I pink one or the purple one or the blue one See, I got this whole thing smashing like my whole setup is like it's either black and white on my entertainment center in that main living room so like having a different kind of just very color there is just like clashing all about style steven clashing fashion clashing for fashion we've only got one more bit of news left. Mm -hmm. um, close her up steven uh so playstation acquired another studio which is pretty cool they've uh acquired what is it like 20 that's a lie how many did they acquire this year? PlayStation? Yeah, it's, it's their fifth been a lot. one this year. Fifth one. Okay. Yes. Why did I say 20? Oh, I'm thinking of Tencent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Acquiring everything. Anyways, PlayStation has acquired Valkyrie Entertainment. Um, and 
you were looking into this earlier, Alex. You said that they're a support studio. They've worked on things like what Assassin's Creed. Yeah, they've never really put out a game of their own. They're very much. It looks like they're just kind of called in for help when you know crunches being a thing of the needs or developer needs relief on a game or they don't have the resources and these guys do they've helped out with god of war 2018 as well as uh uh they're helping out with god of war ragnarok they have done oh i had this up somewhere hot damn it um Oh, you know, I got the, I got the doc. I got the doc. Let's go. Oh, I didn't put it in the doc. I did. I had it up. Motherfucker. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're yeah. support Halo for Infinite a lot was, of different things. They worked with Halo also. But yeah, there's support. I, I imagine this is just so they can, you know, call them and say, hey, we got this first party big game coming out. Taking a bit longer than they expect to come out. Can you come in and help? Any advice you can give to kind of alleviate some stress and some pressure and make sure the game comes out on time? And they say, yeah, bro, what you need? I got you, fam. And they show up okay. to work. I think this is cool because I think it means that uh, more games can be in development from any given studio because mm -hmm. now there's more support. Yes. And so uh, you can have smaller teams at the big studios. I'm, I'm thinking people like Insomniac. I have a feeling that maybe support studios um, had a big part in development for all of the Insomniac games that we've been seeing. Um, since they kind of came rapid fire, either that or like I don't even know how many people fucking work at Insomniac. I don't think they, they've ever released a number. I I think they but. have. It's increased. Insomniac has always had, for the most part, two teams, and I think they rapid fired some games in the last couple of years simply because they already had the framework for those games. I mean, think about it: Spider Man, Miles Morales. They just had to build off the network that was 2018 Spider Man, uh, Ratchet and Clank. They have got that shit down pat. Well, I still I feel like I feel like with projects like that, having strong creative leadership yes. is very important. And you know, having those people in the head studios definitely helps. Um, but having a support studio work on the development side, uh, if they know what they're doing with clear leadership and creative direction, uh, a lot of cool stuff can happen. Oh but, yeah, this um, is nothing but good, especially in an environment where crunch is now. Everyone's aware of what it is. It's frowned upon. This is a good way of avoiding it um, and make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, so this is all nothing but good things. Nothing but good things come from this. Yep. Lots of uh, new studios from PlayStation. It's cool. They said that they mm -hmm. had 25 new games in development, exclusive games in development. Yeah. I I'm curious to see how much of that comes from new developers because like i said i don't think we're going to see a, a big or even like an individual game come from valkyrie studios valkyrie entertainment uh anytime soon um i think a lot of those games are coming from developers already have multiple teams working on things uh maybe and then definitely some of the studios they've purchased from first party studios with games they had in the works who just needed funding and now they've got it and mm -hmm. support and resources so it'll be interesting to see what we what 2022 holds for PlayStation, uh, uh, 2022 and 2023. Cause I don't imagine all those games are going to come out this year. I imagine there's going to be some delays, some hiccups, this, that, and the other. Yeah, but we'll hear about the games in 2022. And that's, that's for sure. Too. What was, I'm part of me is even curious if we'll do that. I mean, nowadays, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is the most recent one I can think of. That game was announced this summer. 
and it came out this summer. Yeah, but that's Square Enix. I, I know. I'm just saying, for example, I wonder how many games, like, I feel like nowadays, and we've seen it in the past, where games are only being announced for the most part with a, a definitive release window, or at least close to it. It's very rare, or not rare, I should say. It's more uncommon for a game to be announced a year in advance and then keep getting pushed back. So I'm wondering how many of these games will we actually hear about in 2022 to release in 2023, unless it's like, hey, we're announcing this game in November of 2022 because it's coming out spring of 2023. You know, yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. That we PlayStation's see. track record is pretty bad, actually, with lately. Yeah, <laughs> lately. Between Gran Turismo, God of War, uh, Horizon. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying they're not. I mean, we, just, we just heard about first party games that PlayStation was announcing and they just say like 2023 and they're mm-hmm. probably going to get delayed. Exactly. Uh, Cause like, how, how do they know? Like, <laughs> like if, if they're, if they're three years out, like, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I mean, I, I think it's just, a, I, I mean, I think that's not necessarily just a PlayStation thing. I'm sure there's like some unspoken. Well, yeah. Not unspoken, but like some talent that's been developed. Like, Hey, like, you know, you're working on this game. Can you give me an estimate of how soon it's going to be out? Or if it gets early development, because that team is already working on something else, they've gotten a pipeline that's coming out within months, and that's where all the effort's going. Like, hey, this game's in the back burner. Like, it's going to happen, but we've got God of War coming out in six months. We've got to get it going. Like, fuck this other stuff. Everyone all hands on deck kind of deal. Um, so I'm sure there's a, there's a system, and a lot of these people are veterans, I imagine, especially that high up. They know how to kind of put a a good time frame or a estimate on that stuff. Well, they've been fucking up a lot lately. So, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> not, not by no means an excuse, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess that, um, that's all that we've got. Yeah. That wraps up the show guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for chiming in, in the chat. Um, remember to follow, like share, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down. If you, if you didn't like it, I mean, be honest, you know, leave a comment, uh, by all means, go to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate to contribute to the show. Again, anything as little as a dollar helps out. Be sure to follow the new Twitter um, with at tweet MTF. So you can see and turn it on, click that bell to like notify you whenever we tweet. So you see whenever we're going live and whatnot, in case you're not always active on the Twitch. But until then, guys, we will see you next Friday at either 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. We'll, we'll figure we'll it, out tweet it out hours beforehand, I'm sure. We'll, we'll so. put it on Twitter and on the Facebook. And on the Facebooks. And on Facebooks. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Love, love, love. <laughs>